0: Hello, and welcome to Autistically
1: Unapologetic, the unfiltered and unmasked podcast about everything autism. Here's your host, Devin Morrissey.
0: Hi, and welcome to Autistically Unapologetic with me, Devin Morrissey. I want to just officially welcome everyone to episode two, where today I have our podcast's very first guest. This guest is autistic, just like me. She is an animator. She founded her own animation company when she was a teenager. She's an entrepreneur traveling all over the world. She's a businesswoman. She's a producer. And many of you probably have recognized her from a little Netflix series called Love on the Spectrum US as a main cast member. This guest has been one of my best friends from the past decade. It's an absolute honor to have her be my first guest on this podcast. Please welcome to Autistically Unapologetic, Danny Bowman. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this with me. As many people don't know, I'm launching a podcast and Danny is actually my very first guest. And you guys are actually getting to witness um two friends actually talk about one's experience being an animator her life story and we're also going to get to a little show that you might have seen her on and maybe one appearance by me on love on the spectrum u.s so danny are you ready for the yeah, I am questions
1: I am to talk, and i'm definitely i'm looking forward to like i telling you all the amazing stories that i've lived through absolutely so before, the during and the after of love on the spectrum <laughs>
0: Well, actually, this podcast is actually called Autistically Unapologetic, but hey, definitely in that era. Um, So, Danny, I want to start off tonight by asking, when did you first find out that you were autistic, and what was your reaction to that?
1: Well, at age 11, when I first moved in to live with my aunt and uncle, I first found out that I have autism when I heard my aunt and my mom talking about it. My reaction was confusion because... I thought it was a disease I had. Maybe I had to go to the doctor, which I hated going to the doctor to get a shot. However, my aunt reassured to me that it was not a disease at all. It's just a a part of who I am, like having brown hair and hazel eyes. It's what gave me my superpowers to focus on the things I love to do, and Mm -hmm. like education and research. I love researching many things, including biology, geology, and
0: so on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and something that I think what is really interesting is that, as many people know by now, or in case that they have been living clearly under a rock, mm-hmm. um, you have this passion for animation that is so undeniable and it's not that everyone can act and not everyone can say that they've actually turned their passion into a business which you have um and especially at such a young age um so what actually first got you into animation
1: well animation has been my passion my whole life ever since i could remember i was animating before i could talk
0: I that doesn't surprise me I- <laughs>
1: I didn't speak until I was six anyways, but I was animating before before that with my plush toys and the camera. I would pose my toys, take a picture, move them, take another picture and repeat the same process over and over again. When I would finish the picture roll, I would ask my parents to develop the film. And when I would get the pictures back, I would flip the film like a flip book. So I created stop motion before I ever, before I even realized. I was drawing as soon as I could pick up a pencil. I would draw everywhere, on the walls, on paper, everywhere I could. And I still draw every chance I get.
0: Absolutely. So pretty much it was like you pretty much knew what stop motion was before you even knew what animation (laughs) is. It's amazing. Um, And so it says here that the animation was founded in 2009 when, let me get this right, when you were only 14 years old.
1: You got that right?
0: Holy moly! 14 years old. I was a gawky kid back in middle school. My God. Um, <laughs> so as the animation entertainment founder and CCO or Chief Creative Officer, what made you decide you wanted to start your own animation company at that young age?
1: Well, I first got the idea of starting an animation company when I was 11. I used to create picture books by doing little drawings on paper then I used to staple them together and when my aunt and when I asked my aunt to help me publish my books she told me they were really good books but it could not be published because it was just drawings all stapled together Mm -hmm. and after my disappointment she said she would help me and that she would always help me figure things out. And later on, when my aunt and uncle saw my little animations on MS Paint, Adobe Photoshop, and PowerPoint presentations, they were impressed by my animation talent. So I asked them, how can I start my animation company? They told me to have a company name with a mission statement. I asked that question because I discovered that the creator of Pokemon, Satoshi Taraji, was neurodivergent. and started his company Game Freak when he was 17 years old. So I was inspired to beat his record by starting my company as young as possible. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Except you beat him to it by three years.
1: Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) So a little bit of an insight for everyone that probably doesn't know... Um, now Danny and I actually met through a mutual friend of ours, Joey Travolta. Yes, Joey is actually John's older brother in case you didn't know that. Um, his com- And his company, we met through him and his company Inclusion Films a decade ago in the summer of 2013. We both had the opportunity to work there for quite a few summers working with autistic and neurodiverse teenagers and young adults. Now Danny, you've actually had the opportunity to travel with Joey and his team for some of those summers all across the country. What was that experience like for you, traveling from state to state?
1: Oh yes, traveling with Joey Travolta from state to state was was an exciting adventure with many new places to see. For me, it was a combination of going to work and a vacation, a workcation. For example, after camp, we would do fun thing, fun stuff like what, like what we did. Like wine tasting in 2018. Oh my! Remember that? Gosh!
0: Oh my singing gosh! How can I forget that?
1: Singing karaoke <laughs> and having too much wine. <laughs>
0: well, I think. Well, I think everyone kind of had a little bit too much wine. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but any but any fond memories that you have from working with the kids and from the young adults? Because obviously, from what I remember, they loved you. Like they really were excited to work with you, and you—they touched you in many ways. How did they touch you? Well,
1: the how did they touch me? Well, the students were definitely are inspired that if I can be able to do animation, so they can. And not only have I had the amazing opportunity to teach Joey's students, it taught me valuable lessons on organization, etiquette, and leadership.
0: Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about your love life a okay. little bit. Um, what was your love like What was your love life like before love on the spectrum u s Tell me a little bit about that. My love tell life, our viewers about that.
1: My love life was hmm, pretty complicated because I couldn't find anyone that I could relate to on or off the spectrum. They were not mature enough, or I couldn't find anyone with similar interests. well. I still had the same problem with season one, but, well, the search for love continues.
0: Absolutely. Now, for those of you that have been, that do not know, in case you've been living under a rock, um, Love on the Spectrum is an Australian reality TV show that surrounds the lives of autistic individuals as they encounter love, dating, relationships, etc. Now the show premiered on Netflix in November of 2019 on Netflix and through Northern Pictures. And Danny, did you get a chance to watch the original Love on the Spectrum? And if so, what what were your thoughts?
1: Yes, I did watch it. When I first watched the original Love on the Spectrum Australian version, well now called Lots Australia, I was amazed on how people on the spectrum were able to be themselves. As and as far as I could see, they were treated respectfully. Yes.
0: I couldn't agree more with that. And especially when you watch that and you see the producers, you see, you know, people being invited into these autistic individuals' lives. And it's not very often that you actually are being welcomed into their lives. And not only that, but having cameras follow you 24 seven about that. Um, So after two successful seasons in Australia and a massive audience reaction around the world, um, Netflix and Northern Pictures decided to bring Love on the Spectrum to the United States. How were you approached to be on the show?
1: Well, as far as I could remember in 2019, I was approached by Kino Cleary via email and asked me if I knew of anyone that would be interested in participating in the U.S. version of Love and the Spectrum. Kino Cleary is the director of both the Australian yes. and the U.S. Gen,
0: And I he's one of the executive producers as oh, well.
1: Yes. I did recommend a couple of companies, but they also asked me I would be interested. I said, What? <laughs> Having someone else set up a quick screen date for me, and all I have to do is show up and be myself? Of course. I was interested. I was more than interested. Well, it's hard to find love out there for anyone, I imagine. But for someone as busy as I am, it's practically impossible to find dates.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, because let's face it, for those of you, because for those of people that don't know you, like, you have... An incredibly busy schedule you are working around the mm-hmm. clock if you're not teaching animation you're on a plane somewhere to show animation like you literally just got back from stanford just i think even yesterday i want to say doing a lecture at stanford which is incredible now what was it like to have netflix and northern pictures follow you around as you re entered the world of dating Um, coming from someone who actually was on the show with you, I'm really curious to hear and for you to tell our viewers and our listeners, what was that like for you to have camera crews following behind you and all that?
1: I didn't mind cameras following me. As a matter of fact, I enjoyed it. Yeah. How about you? How was it?
0: Oh, are you trying to throw the questions on me? Is this your podcast now? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was definitely interesting when you know, obviously people only saw me on one episode, but in that moment, because what people don't know, we shot at a local bar in Hollywood and we were there and it was really weird actually being in that environment. But then having, you know, you know, here's the thing. Everything that you saw on TV is real. No one was telling us we weren't going off the script. Everything that you see is 100% real and it's raw. It's authentic. And I think that's sort of, anything. I think that's something that all of us cast members, whether we're in Australia or not, and then having the reaction that the show has had has been pretty incredible. But going back to you, Danny, okay. um, the U.S. version of Love on the Spectrum was highly anticipated. And about a few weeks before you shot, you mentioned to me that before you began shooting, you were actually really nervous about doing the show. Can you elaborate on why you were so nervous to do Love on the Spectrum, U.S.?
1: Well, it wasn't the cameras that I was nervous about. It was more of who I am going on a date with, especially after two years of not dating because of COVID. Yeah, It was scary just to see anyone in person again, but let alone a date. That was a little uncanny for me.
0: Absolutely. And especially too, considering that there was so much hype about the U.S. version of the show and given just the amount of, reaction that the original australian version had i mean that was high shoes to fill and i think that you and the original cast the main cast actually did an amazing job of just that so we so obviously danny is not the only one i love on the spectrum us in fact there are a few of our friends on there and i want to get your thoughts on those cast members if that's okay with you starting with Um, Miss Abby Romero, who I understand you actually have a prior friendship with before Love on the Spectrum. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: I personally knew of Abby ever since she attended one of my workshops that I used to teach. Really? We were featured in another documentary called Generation A on PBS when she was 13, and I was 15 at that time. It's weird to see us that young. Just to let you know, it's available on YouTube, and I always thought she was nice. The rest that I have never met before, um, I think Northern Pictures did a great job at finding many areas uh, of the spectrum and showing that no matter where on the spectrum we are, we all have the same needs. And just want, and, and once, just like anyone else, we just want to find love.
0: Absolutely, and Abby and David are such a wonderful couple. They're so nice in real life. So everything that you saw about them on the show, they're the sweetest. Um, Mr. Sabode from Long Beach.
1: Well, with, with, with Sabo, what I've noticed from Sabo is that uh, Sabo's really nice. Yes. So Sabo and I, we first met each other at the Emmy Awards party. I was like so honored to be meet another cast member other than Abby, which just looked really nice. But I wish I met, I wish I could have met other uh, members of the Lot's C-West version like Kaylin and James and Steve. I have not yet.
0: Yes, shout out to Sabota as well. His family is one of the sweetest families I think I've ever met. Um, Mr. James from Boston, Massachusetts. Mr. Renaissance himself.
1: Well, I haven't met James yet.
0: Absolutely, Um, but... Absolutely. But he has, but he follows all of our content and James has been super supportive. So shout out to James if you're watching. Miss um, Kaylin from South Carolina.
1: Well, we have chatted ever since a Zoom, we we chatted each other on a Zoom meeting. This is, and it's really great I'm interacting with her.
0: Absolutely. And Kaylin knows exactly what she's talking about in the world of autism. And it's it's almost like a lightning bulb goes off in your head when you hear a talker, just like that is actually true. Like, who would have thought? Mm-hmm. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Steve from my hometown of San Francisco, who does not have an Instagram, but we hope he makes one soon because, well, all well, of us lost. We need to connect.
1: <laughs> well, I uh, hope Steve makes another social media page. Well, but it's really up to him.
0: Absolutely. Um and he and he is such a kind hearted soul too. Like if he were to do like he can narrate an entire TV show, be like the most dope narrator of all and then win an Emmy for it.
1: Oh yes. He would be the best um he would definitely would be the best voice actor in general.
0: <laughs> you know, I think you're right. Maybe you needed to call him up and have him be on one of your shorts. That will work. You know, I mean, because, hey, you're always looking for new talent. I mean, you work with some of the best voice actors in the business. So Love on the Spectrum premiered. Oh, sorry. So Love on the Spectrum, U.S., premiered in May 2020. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, wrong question. I'm so sorry. Um, so what was, so out of, we pretty much, so you pretty much shot for quite a while with season one. Um, what was your favorite part about shooting season one for the show?
1: Well, my well, my favorite part was going on many adventures, especially with speed dating. I never experienced speed dating before. It was fun, and especially because it's much easier to get to know the person well yes. for the first time.
0: Absolutely. And I've known you for the past 10 years. And it's funny because I've never seen you do that. In fact, you were telling me all about it. I'm like, whoa, you're going on a speed date? Oh, my. <laughs> But you know what, you did great, obviously. And as the show shows no, you actually did pretty well, amazingly, Um, which is a good thing. Um, So Love on the Spectrum US premiered in May, 2022 to a massive audience reaction. And was in the top 10 most watched Netflix television shows for several weeks, not just in the United States, but around the world. What was your reaction to the success of the US version of Love on the Spectrum?
1: When I saw that Lots U.S. was in the top 10, I was incredibly amazed. It was when Netflix was in the brink of bankruptcy, though. But not only it brought positive attention to the autism community, it has crossed over the general public, which means we're not just Rainman anymore. We're all different. We have more respect than ever before. Therefore, that show did save mm-hmm. Netflix.
0: Yes, absolutely. The little show that saved Netflix. Um, and it's been interesting because you're actually right. So many people, when they see autism, they just see Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise and Rain Man. And in a way, Love on the Spectrum is kind of a part of this movement now where we're seeing actually autistic people in the spotlight. Like we're seeing a show about an autistic doctor on ABC. We're seeing a Muppet on Sesame Street. We saw an autistic I think bisexual couple on everything's gonna be okay and now we're having an actual dating show for autistic people I mean we've come a long way oh,
1: it's, now, as, forget, as we see it from Amazon Prime
0: yes as we see it, Amazon Prime absolutely thank you for reminding me that um now as one of your best friends Danny it's been incredible to people instantly recognize you from the show um, out of all of those recognitions that you've had, what has been one of your favorite fan interactions?
1: Well, I don't, don't really have a particular favorite interaction with a fan because I get so many fan encounters. But I think one of the favorite parts about uh, fan encounters is um, some. If, some if, if I have someone on the autism spectrum came in to say like, you inspired me, you inspired me too in, in my journey, that would, it definitely would shine.
0: Absolutely. And you really have inspired a lot of men. You have inspired countless autistic people to continue on that path to find love. Because honestly, it takes multiple times for someone to find love. And the journey is not the same for everyone. It's like a zigzag line and it's sometimes it takes shorter time or sometimes it takes longer. And I think that what you've done has been a really inspiring for so many people. Um, How has the show affected the animation? Now, obviously, people have been seeing you working around the clock. You've been working, working, working. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you gotten any huge opportunities for your work, and particularly for for the animation, as a result of your participation on Love on the Spectrum? Well,
1: after the show came out, the registration for the animation free introduction classes have exploded. We had an incredible wave of students that signed up. Also, I've been invited to many autism and Netflix related events like the Emmy Awards parties and also like the dating and also the dating night, which was, which is an incredible experience. And Mm -hmm. also this had led to many different types of um, public speaking engagements and opportunities.
0: Yes. And I mean, even, I mean, and and what people don't even realize now, I mean, you got to work with Rosie O'Donnell who is huge in the entertainment industry. What was that like?
1: It was like fantastic. Fantastic! I was like so blown by the fact that I get to meet a one of the famous um, voice actress and comedian of especially she had her own show rose the Rosie O'Donnell show it was like incredibly yes. amazing and speaking of from Rosie O'Donnell last week we wrapped up our in-person animation workshop in Long Beach mm-hmm. at the Gina Woods art gallery we had 12 students including the child of the famous voice actors you're talking about yes and and she Rosie O'Donnell, in addition to that, Rosie O'Donnell had volunteered as a guest voice acting instructor, and we're very proud to have her.
0: That's incredible. I mean, I mean, honestly, Danny, I couldn't be more proud of you. The (laughs) fact that you have been able to capture so many people's hearts, including Rosie O'Donnell, and not only capture her heart, but for you to actually work with her, that's huge. Um, So you have been, as many people know um, and have heard, you have been working around the clock ever since Love on the Spectrum premiere. What are your plans now? Are there any up-and-coming animation workshops that you're about to run? Are there any public appearances you're about to make? Because if so, I think that quite a bit of your fans want to know. Well, this
1: (laughs) August, I am so excited that that I will be in SIGGRAPH in Los Angeles next week because I am... The committee members for the electronic theater and the 50th SIGGRAPH retrospective. SIGGRAPH, which stands for the Special Interest Group on Computer Graphics and Interactive Techniques, is the largest convent Is the largest computer electronic convention, which focuses on technology, new technology for computers, printing, animation, sculpting, and other mediums. Last year, we, ha- we at Dini Mation have worked on the opening interstitials and closing sequences for the last year's SIGGRAPH Electronic Theater in collaboration with uh, Animal Logic and being sponsored, mm-hmm. Disney, which was incredibly amazing. And this year is going to be as amazing as well. Absolutely.
0: A- what can we expect from SIGGRAPH this year? Anything you want to kind of give us some sneak peeks at or any spoilers on?
1: Well,. Uh- Um, We do have a couple of really great, uh, we do have a great showcase of different electronic theater stuff. And uh, the retrospective is is gonna be even special.
0: Wow, I cannot wait to hear all that you do at SIGGRAPH. Um, Now, as many people know, and we've known this for a year now, Love on the Spectrum US is now being renewed for season two. What are some tips or pieces of advice that you wish to offer to any new cast members of Love on the Spectrum U.S. that are going to start their journey to find love on season two? Well,
1: Well, the following tips I have is, number one, start with a small talk and ask many questions to get to know the date, but not too many questions. Don't be an interviewer though. Also, ask about their interests so you get to know, so that way you can get to know each other better. Two, get to know your date first for three to five dates before you express your feelings out loud before committing to a relationship. And most importantly, set your boundaries from the very beginning
0: absolutely those are all phenomenal tips and i think that you really have learned a lot from your first experience and especially being able to watch and look back you see oh i i i see where this i I see where i made a mistake let me know correct that for next time but definitely make sure to still take that shot of tequila before the dates
1: oh yeah (laughs) and especially also i have to Another way, another tactic of doing a freaking out, breathe it out.
0: I know. What? what you know, why don't we show everyone? It's breathing in.
1: Freaking out, it <sighs> out. freaking out. Breathe it out. Freaking out. Breathe it out. Freaking out. Breathe it out. <sighs> well, that is from a Netflix animated show, by the way.
0: Fantastic, always keep it in Netflix. And so my last question for you, Danny, is this, you have gained such a following from the show, whether it's here on Instagram or on TikTok or any social media platforms that you've had, you've gained a huge amount of fans throughout that have recognized you and have told you how amazing you are. What would you like to say to your fans that have watched your journey unfold within the past year and who have been rooting you on and cheering you on from parts all over the world?
1: Well, the last question is a tough question. What I would like to say to my fans is that if I have not found yet, no worries. The search for love continues. And also I have, and for the second part of the question who has been rooting you, I have encountered posts from my favorite childhood voice actors, not just Rosie, but Gray Delisle, Tara Strong, Candice Milo. Wow. I love the show. But they rooted me on my dating journey. Also, most of my autism community who have watched the show have rooted me. And best of all, my friends and family. And and that includes you. Oh,
0: sucks, Danny. If
1: you'd like to learn more information, you can sign up for our free classes at DaneyAcademy.com slash free. Or,
0: yes. Bo- or you can look
1: up at Danny or, or you can look up at com, or go to us, or you could just follow me. On social media, Facebook, Instagram, or just Google me.
0: Well, listen, I couldn't be more prouder of you, and I'm just gonna just say this to everyone right now: um, it takes a lot to put yourself on a national TV show, actually international TV show, and put yourself out there for you to find love and for the world to watch. We know that sometimes the internet and you know and the world is not. The nicest place, and especially people can be judgmental about someone's mistakes or the way they choose to do things. But the way that Danny, you have carried yourself throughout this entire journey um, has been incredible. And I could not be more excited for you of many wonderful things to come. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to say thank you so much for tuning into this live episode of Autistically Unapologetic. And I also want to thank Danny for being such an amazing first guest please come back anytime. Um, I would love to hear anything that's autism or animation related. I think that you would really have such a great perspective because animation is such a powerful part in autism today. Um, If you like what you heard, make sure to like, comment, or subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you wanna see this live conversation in actual pictures, make sure to follow my YouTube channel, Devin Morrissey. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Autistically Unapologetic. I'm Devin Morrissey, and have a great rest of your night.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Autistically Unapologetic with Devin Morrissey. If you like what you hear and you want to see more, don't forget to rate and subscribe to stay tuned for future episodes. Again, thanks for listening.